first had to really get honest with myself about traumas and dramas and anything from my past that was left unhealed. Mm -hmm. I really had to go there. Um, I did not have, um, you know, a real troubled childhood, but there were definitely things that happened that I did not really um, do the analysis on, that I really didn't do the healing on, and that were showing up in my in my adult life as triggers. I had to do a lot of work around forgiveness. I had to do um, work around forgiving myself for showing up in spaces the way that I did at some in some points in my life for I had to forgive other people in my life for for showing up the way that they that they did and how they made me feel um and um just going through that process was was one of the most um, transformational things I was able to do I, the power of forgiveness mm-hmm. or even the small things um it is is absolutely life-changing Welcome to Why She's Winning with your host, Christy Rutherford, a master of office politics and self-care advocacy. Christy's clients have received over $10 million in salary raises in a pandemic. Surprised that women are still getting paid during these challenging times? It's possible for you too. You can have it all if you believe you deserve it. Christy and her guests will assist you with that. Let's get started. All right, all right, all right. So we are here. I have the amazing, amazing, amazing Kathy Wright. And this is Why She's Winning Live. My name is Christy Rutherford. C to the H to the R. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Kathy's ready to be on a live interview with me. But so I want to talk about uh, shifting from surviving to thriving. Ladies, how many of you have operated in survival mode for so long? That when somebody tells you that you can thrive, you think they're full of ish. Period. Kathy, Kathy don't know what to expect. So, you know, she's all posh and, and bougie. So I'm excited that she's going to be with us today. Um, all right. We are both. Okay, we're good. All right. So let me talk about Kathy, right? So Kathy is the founder of She Believes She Could LLC. She is an internationally recognized education leader. Um, U.S. State Department Foreign Exchange Program, Nationally GE STEM Foundation, Battelle and NSTA, State Ohio STEM Learning Network, Local Greater Cincinnati STEM Collaboration. Oh, she says I'm a local state and national leader. Did y'all see how she wrote that down? Kathy was invited to present research at the Obama White House Summit on the Next Generation of High Schools. She's the principal and she was the principal in residence for Battelle, leading their work on the Innovative Leaders Institute. NAACP Cincinnati Branch Freedom Fund awardee for Empowering Education, and she was the top graduate of the Executive MBA program at Howard University. She really wanted to go to South Carolina State, so we're going to talk about that. And then she presented on Capitol Hill the key finders on teacher efficacy and preparation. So welcome, Kathy. Thank you, Christy. So glad to be here today. Awesome. Awesome. We're excited to have you. So Let's talk about, let's talk about, because you chose to work with me, right? I did. And this, is, this is the thing. This is, this is why I'm doing this, because I'm happy. I'm frolicking on the beach. I'm, I'm a little weird. I'm weirdly happy. 
And people think that I'm full of it because they don't think that they can have that. I met a woman a couple of weeks ago and she said that happiness, Kathy, she said happiness was a moment. <laughs> wow. Right. So I'm here to talk about mm-hmm. buy your fruits. You shall know them. So I wanted to show y'all some fruit around here. So Kathy, good morning, Delisha. Tell the the viewers about what were some of the challenges that you had before you chose to do something different? What was your, what was that moment, right? Because we all say that we want to be different. We all know that we want to be different, but we never take action. We read a book. What was that moment when you said, you know what, I, I need to do something different so I can, so I can live a better life. So um, great question. Uh, thank you again for having me on. I'm so excited to talk about um, the work that I've done with you and how it's really changed my life and propelled me into a different space. Uh, prior to um, working with you, just before, um, I guess right when the pandemic hit is, is a better time frame to explain it. Uh, when the pandemic hit, just like everybody else, I was in a space where I was confused. I was a little bit scared. Um, and I still had a lot of people who were depending on me, who were looking toward, to me for leadership, for answers, um, to be available to them, to provide some safety and security about what was supposed to be happening. I was a principal at the time. And so I had that whole community of learners and their families and the teachers and the associated people with the, with the school community that were really looking to me for answers for a lot of things. And um, for the first time in my career, I wasn't able to really give concrete answers, um, concrete solutions in some cases to things that were um, really important um, to everyone inside of our community. So I was really, um, have really grown um, just kind of like, more and more upset all the time. I was more and more um, Wait, hold on, Kathy. Hold on, Kathy. Hold on. We got to figure out this Instagram. Let me see. Actually, if y'all can join us uh, on Instagram, if y'all can join us on uh, Facebook Live uh, from Kathy's page or from my page, Christy Rutherford, then we'll get it popping. We'll get it right next time. Oh, sorry. It was giving feedback. Okay. Yeah. Did I end it live? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. You so, um, <laughs> so we were, um, so we were, um, I was actively uh, just trying to find, um, just trying to get to a better place in my head, <laughs> um, trying to feel, trying to get out of this, this, just feeling like I was in a box. I couldn't find my way out. I was growing increasingly sad. I was definitely feeling very overwhelmed. Um, During that time, I was just, you know, trying to make sense of it all, like many of us were during the pandemic. And I started to lean in on my prayer life. I really started to lean in to try to figure out, you know, what was the best way for me to navigate through this really tough time, um, and really trying to lean into what God had for me, had in store for me for the rest of my life. 
Um, I was at the point where I didn't think that I was going to remain in education, mm-hmm. um, not just because of the pandemic, but there were several things leading up to that that were kind of like just adding to that to that idea. And so, um, the, but the pandemic kind of uncovered everything, right? And it made everything really raw and um, it increased my vulnerability in this space. So I leaned in on, on my prayers and tried to really ask God to give me some more, uh, give me signs. Uh, about, you know, what he would have me to do. And during that time, I just remember looking, you know, watching my friends and I, and I noticed one who um, was just thriving. And I was really interested in like, how is it in the middle of all of this chaos when the world is, it feels like it's falling down and everything we know about how the world works and what our work should look like and our place in it, it looks like it's not the truth anymore. And we all have to like rediscover ourselves. Well, in the middle of that, she was thriving and she was being promoted and she was making more money and she was happy. And, and, you know, so I, I, I just asked her, I said, so, you know, in the middle of all of this, you know, what are you doing mm-hmm. that is making you, you know, glow up, right? <laughs> why, why are you glow up about? <laughs> and she told me that she got a coach. And I'm like, coach? Well, I never thought about getting a coach, right? I mean, you know, I've been to business school. I've been to, you know, had all these degrees and checked all the boxes that I was supposed to check in terms of the the career ladder and and all of that. But in none of those conversations Mm -hmm. was there real conversation about Mm -hmm. getting a coach. And so um, trusting her and believing in her and, again, just seeing the fruit of what Mm -hmm. had happened through her coaching experience, I jumped right in and I gave Christy a call. And after that, everything changed. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about that. I'm excited. So uh, good morning, Allison. Actually, afternoon. Joaquina, Stephanie, and Alicia. Um, so, so what's the difference between, because I always say that the pandemic locked us in the houses, in our houses with our decisions. Yeah. Because successful women highly successful women, ambitious women. We are some runners. We are masses at compartmentalizing uh, trauma, drama stuff, because we're always going towards the next goal. We're always trying to check the next box. And and we run forever because if we stop and look in the mirror, (laughs) it's over because now we have to actually address what we're looking at. So we refuse to do it. So you're looking at your friend Glowing up because she did. Oh, we was crushing and killing the game. And you're looking at everybody else who's descending into chaos. And then you're looking at one woman and you're like, wait a minute. What's what are you doing? Because she called me. She's like, she was like, what are you doing? What's the um, you know, we're going to get it to you. But I, I want you to really talk about how the difference between. Is your choice whether or not you're going to descend into chaos or you're going to rise? It absolutely is your choice. Um, one of the things that I discovered in all of that is, you know, when I when I really leaned into prayer and started to ask God, you know, one thing was certain in all of that. The answer was always about choice. Mm-hmm. It always was about intent. It was always about um, shifting my my mind, my energy um, towards something that was greater than I ever thought possible. Um, I had leaned so far in to believing that the system needed me, 
They can't do nothing without me. Mm -hmm. They not, you know, I'm not making the salary I want to make, but that's okay because I'm giving back. And I, you know, it's okay for me to sacrifice. And, um, you know, I had really, really leaned into that space, despite the fact that I was, you know, I was running. I was like you said, I was running. I was, you know, I was getting degrees and getting uh, accolades and getting certifications and doing all of these things to to improve what I thought was going to be the outcomes in terms mm -hmm. of my finances, in terms of my my emotional and mental health, like, you know, feeling, you know, feeling even more great about myself. And at the end of the day, none of that stuff happened. Mm -hmm. None mm -hmm. of that stuff happened until I decided to make a complete mind shift and really focus on what would make me happy. Not and and not not in a. I always say this. People say the word self. Think of the word uh, selfishness as something mm -hmm. horrible. It's not at all. Mm -hmm. It's not at all. But for the first time in my life, I was focused on really doing me. Mm -hmm. Focusing on self-care, focusing on my meditation, focusing on my affirmations and, and the things that um, that God would have me to do. But that would also open me up into new realms, into new avenues um, to pursue in my life. So when we talk, because we're getting into the how, so I'm, I'm going to bring you back up one clip. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I remember what I said to you. What did I you remember what I said about you being miss, out of position? You uh, really, you like when people say people bust their heads open, that was that day. So <laughs> we were talking, I was on the phone with Christy after I had made the decision to give her a call and talk to her about this whole thing. Like what, you know, what magical things she's going to say. And she was the first person to ever confront me about my ideas about who I was and what I could actually make. She said a number. She said, first of all, she said, you are the most misplaced woman I have ever met in my life. Ever. Ever. And I'm like, well, but, but I'm really good at my job. But I'm really good. And I'm really happy about it. I'm not going to, you know, and all of the things, all of the excuses I had made for, um, for doing the work, continuing to do the work that I was doing and not really, really digging deep and, and owning mm -hmm. the fact that I could do much more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you told me the number that you thought I should be making, I was like, "Is that a real number?" It was about five x. It was five x of what you're making right now. That yeah. that what you were making at the time. It was five x. We ain't gonna tell all your business because your family might be watching, and uh, we don't like people to call us and ask us for money. But it was five x. Yeah. So what was? So you know, this is the thing, Kathy. I tell a lot of women what their true value is. I don't care how much money you making. So you can be making 120 and these women are talking about these big raises and, and they'll be like, well, I want 128 or I want 135. And I'm like, come on, man. Your value is so much greater than than what you've owned for yourself. So why did you believe? Did you believe me or what did you believe in that point when I told you one that you didn't belong in nobody's school? And I'm screaming in the phone because I'm a little dramatic. <laughs> right? You don't right. belong in nobody's school. But. But this is the thing. Being a principal is the pinnacle for a lot of people. I was like, you don't even belong there. You need to get out of there. Mm -hmm. uh, but we need to do some work first. But tell tell the viewers about when somebody challenges you, because I challenge a lot of women, they get angry when I tell them that they can be better. They get angry that I tell them that they can double their income. I told you that you should five your income and just blew holes in your whole reality of who you thought you should be. What what? You know, what are your thoughts around that? 
So I think we get super comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. When we, as we check our boxes, right? We, we have all this anxiousness about, you know, making the steps in, in order, right? We've been sold this checklist of things that we're supposed to do. And as we do them and we get to the space where we think, you know, it's the top of what we're going to do in this case, mm -hmm. being a principal, you know, it gets comfortable, right? Because you've done all the things. There's not much more to, to, to happen here, mm -hmm. but this is the top, right? Um, but when someone challenges you and say, hey, you know, that's not really as far as you can go and challenges you to really um, believe for greater, mm -hmm. right? To come out of your safe, comfortable, anesthetized position, mm -hmm. right? And move somewhere where you can fully feel and fully be present and fully be actively moving um, towards greater for yourself and for your family and for your community. Um, it was quite a challenge for me. I don't know if I was angry when you said it, but I was completely dumbfounded. I went and sat on my couch for like a half a day, like, for real? <laughs> what did you tell me? Yeah, but I mean, it was it was exactly that. It just was um, someone, um, I won't say you whispered in my ear. I would say you would like, girl, uh, in my ear, that I needed to really re-examine where I was and where I, what I thought I could be doing with my life um, and pushing me towards um, doing the work of discovery towards that. You know, I always tell people that the friend who will cuddle with you in your comfort zone, the friend who will give you some wine and come over and listen to the woe is me <laughs> in this moment, right? That's your enemy. The friend that'll be like, oh, no, I'm hard. I'm a hard friend. You can imagine that. Does that make sense? I'm I'm not the, my friends call me when they've reached the end of their rope and they know they need somebody to bust them in the head to, to give them the push to be greater. That's when they call me. My phone does not ring that often, which I love and it's by design. But <laughs> I'm, I'm always pushing people to be greater and we become so comfortable with, with allowing people to agree with us that in our complacency, and in our comfortability, as opposed to saying that, you know what, you, you could actually be graded for that because then you're creating conflict in friendship. So what was what what's the difference between how you show up now with your friends? Right. And then we're, we're going to get here. We're moving. Y'all. We're moving. Y'all. We got like another 30 minutes. How you show up now with your friends and compared to how you used to show up. I think um, how I historically have been with my friends is uh, someone who was a listener. I was, uh, I've always been an empath. I haven't given up all of my empath ways, but I would deeply like involve my emotions and start to take on the energy of other people, good, bad, indifferent. I would take on that energy because I was just so trying to connect with them and trying to ensure that they were okay and mm -hmm. was like really, you know, becoming a sacrificial lamb in every relationship I was in, you know, just giving up myself, trying to, trying to make sure that they, everybody was okay. And um, what I found was um, just like they say, when you board an airplane, you got to put your oxygen mm -hmm. mask on first before you try to give everybody else next to you some oxygen. Right. And so it became really important for me to really figure out, right? Because mm -hmm. I had lost that. I had to figure out what it was that I needed to fill my cup 
right? To make me feel um, more in tuned, um, more aligned with the work that I wanted to do next and how I and um, have it inform how I showed up. So now it's not that I don't love my friends. It's not that I don't show up for my friends, but I, I always make sure that I am um, first taking care of self mm -hmm. so that I can show up as a whole complete person and not someone who is just taking on all of their energies, trying to fix them. That's good. We're going to talk about you filling your cup because here's the thing. We're walking around. I always say like human trash cans. You call me, talk about your problems for 30 minutes. Then I, then I talk about my problems and we both get off the phone sad and drink liquor and eat fried food. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Mine is liquor. I don't care. They were like, well, Jesus turned water into wine. I don't care. You, you're getting numb for some reason. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And we've learned how to trade our trauma and our drama and our stories of how much we hate our lives, but we don't challenge each other to be greater. And when I left my career, oh, they talked about me. They still talk about me, by the way, um, because I did something different. I didn't go get on anti-anxiety medication. I didn't I didn't continue to drink a fifth of liquor <laughs> every night. I was drinking wine because they said wine is good for you. I didn't want to numb the best parts of my life anymore. So I resigned and I left. Um, completely different story. But we're always walking around with a depleted cup waiting for somebody to pour in us. Because right. women in leadership, we pour, 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 give, 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 do, do, do. And we never stop to fill our cup. But we wait, Kathy, for somebody to turn around and pour into us at the same rate that we pour into them. So what were some of the things that you did, you know, specifically for the, the, the viewers and the listeners? What are three things that you did to pour into your cup? Well, I um, first had to really get honest with myself about traumas and dramas and anything from my past that was left unhealed. Mm -hmm. I really had to go there. Um, I did not have... Um, you know, a real troubled childhood, but there were definitely things that happened that I did not really um, do the analysis on that. I really didn't do the healing on and that were showing up in my, in my adult life as triggers. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to do that work. I had to do a lot of work around forgiveness. I had to do um, work around forgiving myself for showing up in spaces the way that I did at some in some points in my life for I had to forgive other people in my life for for showing up the way that they that they did and how they made me feel um and um just going through that process was was one of the most um transformational things I was able to do I, the power of forgiveness mm -hmm. or even the small things um it is is absolutely life changing you, um, I remember something happened as, after I had gone through this process or midway through the process, and it was related to my work life and something happened and somebody said something really off key. And before they finished saying it, I was already in a space of forgiving. And so, mm -hmm. I, you know, it, it just truly transformed the way I even responded. Mm -hmm. And how I and and how I continue to be in, in relationship with that person. So that was probably mm -hmm. the number two thing that I did. The number three thing I did probably would be um, 
the combination of journaling and, and doing affirmations. Um, you know, initially, you know, every I've, I've been a vision board girl for several years. And, uh, you know, I always thought, well, you know, I'll do this vision board and it'll be amazing. And I put it up for January and February. It's, you know, it's a... <laughs> on the table, you know, is a tablecloth, right? But um, but <laughs> affirmations require you to do more than that, right? Mm-hmm. Not just visualize and say, this is what you want to do, but to, to rem- remind your soul daily, mm. you have some commitments that you've made to yourself about mm-hmm. how you're going to be and what's going to be next for you. Affirming that you're healthy and that you're kind and that you're loved and um, you're uh, you're uniquely made and you're God's perfect child. All of those things are important for you to remember mm-hmm. because things still get hard sometimes, mm-hmm. right? But affirmations and being reflective in terms of writing in your journal are things that will can remember that will help you remember to get recenter and focus mm-hmm. on where you say you want to go and be greater. Mm, that's good. I took notes. I hope y'all taking notes. I got mine right here. <laughs> so you you said something about triggers, right? And I've heard somebody say. Triggers are excuses. And I'm like, oh, no, you don't understand. Triggers is, there is so much magic in a trigger. And typically, and you said, you know, past, some of the things that happened in the past that were left unhealed. So it's almost like a bee sting that never healed, that you never took the stinger out and you're walking around with it. And the next person that touches it adds to the pain Mm -hmm. that you're already experiencing. So y'all see, I'm getting loud. I talk loud. I get excited. But this is the thing. Most people, the person that you hate the most at your job, <laughs> the boss that you can't stand the most at your job, the petty coworker that you can't stand the most is someone who's triggering and touching a bee sting from the past. It has nothing to do with that person. So we have women who are blinded by rage, who are blinded by this person is holding me down. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that was your mama or your father, or somebody in your family that did something that they're now reminding you. So what are, um, you know, you ain't got to dig deep. And this is unscripted. So Kathy, I hope you're really ready. What was a, you know, you talked about the forgiveness. Like what was a situation where, you know, you forgave somebody and then something happened and then you was like, wow, this forgiveness thing works because people hurting people hurt people. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, so we're walking around with all these buttons on us and people just punching your buttons all day and you pissed off and drinking at night. Or you're in a woe is me story because you have 30 buttons. So is it the people or is it that you're walking around with 30 buttons? It's because you're walking around with 30 buttons. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so yeah. I didn't even know I had a button. I didn't even <laughs> know I had a button. I like, you know, I'm good. I'm Teflon, right? <laughs> but what I figured out in the process was um, I, I remember back when I was, I was always a really smart kid, right? Like this was, that was my thing, you know, it's being a smart kid in the class, all of those things. And so I, my, there was a nickname that my cousins used to call me, you know, Miss No Dog, because I would, you know, I was a fact machine. I was, you know, I was walking around a little Jeopardy contested at seven, <laughs> right? And so, th- but that was my thing. And I kind of built my personality. I kind of built my reputation around being someone who is intelligent and had the, um, you know, just had all of these little facts and figures in their head that they can just tip out at any moment. (laughs) And um, so how it manifests, though, 
as a trigger for me as an mm-hmm. adult is when that was challenged. When that identity became challenged, when people would question my authority or question whether I really understood the, the issue, or if I really, you know, I would I would find myself like almost burning, like how dare they ask me, you know? Um, and so, but in the work though, in doing the work, I realized that that is, that is why I was so, I would get so angry or would be upset and I, but I would be nice, nasty. I was, you know, I was, I would be nasty. Right. And, um, (laughs) but internally it would be something that would really be bothering me. And until I healed that part of myself, until I allowed myself to be vulnerable in the space around, you know, how intelligent I was or, or all of those different kinds of things and really acknowledge the fact, you know, that I, I didn't have to be her. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to be seven year old Jeopardy contestant in every conversation, you know, that I could <laughs> and I could allow them to question and not feel offended. Yeah. So that when I when that started to happen, then I knew the forgiveness work and the real work of like introspection and 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 um being reflective was really, really working and making a change in me. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I, I love all the comments, y'all. So we got 30 button triggers. Yep. Uh, Eric said the boss that gets on your nerve is building your character and building your strength and pushing you into your destiny and calling. Yeah, but right. Because when you on fire, it, it it sounds great. And we get it, Eric, because we've you know, we're we're where we are right now. But when you're in H-E-L-L, I ain't gonna cuss because my mama might be watching. But when you in H-E-L-L. Cause somebody would have told me that when my boss was getting on my nerves, I would, I would have been like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, give me something else, but it's true. But, but that trigger is really because in order to get to the next level where your soul wants you to be in order to get to the next level of freedom, you got to heal some stuff from the past. And the trigger is showing you what is the unhealed stuff that you need. The anger that you're experiencing is what do I need to heal in order to get to the next level of joy? So talk to us about, when you choose and always say it only takes one person to get healed and whole to set their family free for generations, right? It only takes one person crazy enough to go out and do the work in order to set their family free. So you know I always have my favorite story with you and your husband, but you know, talk <laughs> to I don't know. It's fine. I can tell that I love it. I love it. But but tell the viewers about and the listeners about you know, when you're changing, you're transforming, you know, how that, how that shows up for other people that's in your house. Cause you're married with kids. So, yeah. you know, the good and the interesting. Well, you know, the, um, the, the, the great thing that God gave me was a great husband, a great spouse, someone who is understanding and allows me to, uh, to just be who I am it, through all my ups and downs. He's just been a great partner. Um, but in the process, right, of going through trying to like cycle back through my life and figure out what my triggers were, trying to understand what parts of me I had not confronted before, what parts of me, uh, what things were triggering me, um, I had an epiphany. And it happened about two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and I nudged him and woke him up and cussed him out for a whole hour. And then I went back to sleep. <laughs> And so <laughs> it was, it was absolutely, I, mean, I don't know if he was really awake the whole time. 
But the, the point was, is that I just, you know, I had discovered so many things. I had been thinking about it and, and, and I, it, you know, had moved into my, to my dreams and I just had to get it out mm-hmm. and share with him the breakthroughs and, and what I was finally free of and what I was mad I had been holding on for so long about and sad. I'm like, I can't believe I wasted this much time. You know, and so, <laughs> it was absolutely a freeing conversation. It just happened to be in the middle of the night at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so, so here's the thing, right? Like Napoleon Hill said, if I had the courage to look in the mirror and see myself as I truly am, here's one of my favorite quotes. Then I will find out what is wrong with me and fix it as opposed to building alibis to cover my misfortunes. So sometimes when we stop long enough, Kathy, which is which is what the work is like, what is the truth? You're lying to yourself all day, every day. You you happy. Not you. When you like a lot of people are lying. I'm, I'm happy. I'm paid. I'm this. And you're actually miserable. But on Instagram, you know, on Facebook. You you saying I'm happy. I was I'm always like people who happy don't post that they happy every day. You just are happy. So mm-hmm. we're walking around lying to other people and lying to ourselves. But he said if I had the courage, the courage to look in the mirror and see myself as I truly am, not who I'm pretending to be, not who my position says that I should be, not who me checking all the boxes told me how I should feel. And that's when the real work begins because now you're starting to see the truth. And then it's like this holy SHIT moment. <laughs> oh my God, how did I get here? But this is the thing, ladies and gentlemen, let's start there because that's what the truth is. You're lying. Now, when you see the truth, now you can fix it as opposed to building alibis to cover my misfortune. So what are your thoughts on, on you know, seeing the truth? And then you woke up and cussed your husband out. And, and then what? <laughs> well, you know, it's, you know, just think about what you said about the Instagram post, you know, and so often, and, and I'm, you know, I love posting on Instagram and po- posting cute pictures, but I did, I did start to wonder like, who is she? Yeah. You know, um, prior to, prior to the, all of this work that I've done, um, you know, post pandemic uh, working with you and the, and the, through the coaching, like, who is she? Like, I don't know. I think I was smiling on, you know, that was my real smile. Now I know it's my real smile. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and now I know that I'm really showing up authentically uh, in all of the spaces that I, that I, that I'm in. And it's not just me telling myself a story about this should be making me happy or this mm-hmm. is, this is how I, you know, this is what it looks like to be happy. Like I'm actually happy. I'm actually have released myself from the bondage of pretending mm-hmm that everything is okay when it's not always okay. Mm-hmm. They're pretending that, you know, I'm satisfied with, with, you know, whatever the work is or whatever, whatever the salary is knowing in my heart of hearts that God is pushing me to greater and mm-hmm. that I haven't really, haven't really um, leaned in that space because it's scary. Mm-hmm. It's scary um, to go into this unknown space and create a new path when it's never been done before. Mm-hmm. Right. When your family is used to you doing certain things and everybody kind of goes this way and this is how it turns out. And this, you know, you've hit the top of the of of whatever ladder you think you're supposed to hit. And you actually feel like there's a whole nother ladder. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, it's not even it's a whole nother land. It's a whole nother space over here that you can go to. Mm -hmm. You haven't even allowed yourself to really see. Mm -hmm. And so it's been absolutely freeing for me 
to um to, to break the break the uh the ideas that I had in my own head about mm-hmm. what I can do and who I could become. Absolutely free. You know, I have this analogy where I talk about how <clears throat> and you talked about forgiveness earlier, then you said create a new path. We spend our time trying to piece together the 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 uh the pieces of a broken past. It's, the, it's almost like trying to piece together a vase that breaks. Like I almost broke this lamp. I was trying to move the table to get set up. That lamp would have broke. <laughs> I could spend forever with the with the gorilla glue trying to put the pieces together of my broken past. And it's never going to be perfect. We're never going to get those small pieces that go, you know, under the table and 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 try to put those together with some tweezers or whatever, as opposed to coming over here and say, you know what? I'm going to stop trying to shoot it with a coulda. Cause that's what we do. If I would have did this, I would have did this. If I went, if I would have gone to this school, then I would be further ahead right now. If I, you know, even though I'm a principal, which is great, I know with everything that I have in my being that I should be doing something different. So I'm gonna come over here and get on the potter's wheel. Y'all know I'm a prosperity preacher. I'm gonna come over here <laughs> and I'm gonna put some clay down, and I'm now going to create and mold consciously the life that I want. And that's the thing is that we're living unconsciously and we're doing what people told us that we should do to get happy and successful. And we miserable, got all the boxes checked. And you be like this mm-hmm. and it don't feel now consciously coming over and say, you know what? I'm now going to create the new life that I want. So what does that look like for you? Um, you know, and now creating your reality and creating the life that you want. Well, I, um, I, I I decided, and I love this this um, this saying. You you introduced it to me, and I believe it's a Napoleon Hill saying. Mm. Um, you can continue to sip vinegar and act like it's wine, right? Mm-hmm. Or for me, you can just de- you can decide that you're really going to have wine, right? And so mm-hmm. I decided to no longer to be anesthetized into thinking that things were great and things were, you know, the best that they could be. And I, and I leaned in and I chose me and, um, I decided that I was going to make a shift and I was going to open my own consulting uh, and coaching firm. I work with, um, schools and school districts, uh, and it is giving me the freedom that I was looking for is giving me more joy than I thought was possible. Uh, it's giving me more financial freedom than I out I could ever make. And, um, but it was, um, it was when I allowed myself to be vulnerable to me and my dreams and my, and my, and my, um, goals and to allow myself to think outside of what was the the path that is normally laid for, for, for me and any other person Mm -hmm. in a likewise position to, to, to think, to, to dream bigger, to believe bigger, to know that there is greater available to me. So it's been absolutely um, the best ride of my life. Uh, I left my traditional work uh, at the end of June and I haven't looked back. <laughs> so, you know, I always say, you know, sometimes we work for a check, right? Yeah. Praise the Lord. I, I left my good check. But <laughs> whenever you're in alignment, ladies and gentlemen, with who you know you're supposed to be, with, with being happy and, and having joy and stepping out, not, not a risk, but stepping out by owning yourself first and doing the work first, then that's when provision comes in. That's when the real fun begins. 
because you love doing what you're doing and God will provide for you greatly, abundantly. Like all you can ask a thing. So she said, it's more than I thought. So it's, you know, I was right on my number. You were right on your number. I was right. I didn't even think that was a real number. I was like, she is messing with me today. But it, I mean, it was a real number. But but the thing about the number and the thing about uh, pushing people to dream bigger and to, and to have a um, higher expectations for finances, et cetera, is just, you know, sometimes that's the first time you've ever been challenged that way. That's the first time anybody's ever challenged me on um, the potential that I had because mm-hmm. uh, I had already done the roadmap, right? I had already like been all of the places on a monopoly board, <laughs> you know, towards becoming, you know, ah. become, right? And so the, the, there's once you get to once you get to the uh, the end of the game, that's the end of the game for yeah, and you. Yeah. That's it, right? But but there's really there's a whole nother level to the game. There's a whole yeah. nother level to life that you're that you have to access, but you can't get there unless you allow yourself to be open, to be vulnerable to your own needs, wants, and desires, be willing to move away a lot of the clutter that you cluttered your mind with over the years, the beliefs that other people have put on your brain and put on your heart and made you believe that this is, you know, this is all there was. And there's so much greater. There's mm-hmm. so much greater. What advice do you have for the the, the viewers and the listeners on how to how to believe that they can be greater, right? Like, you know, how to give themselves permission to to be great. We we don't. I ask people, give me your dream. I'm the fairy godmother. You know me. I'm the fairy godmother from Wakanda, and I wave my vibrating wand. I'm gonna grant you three wishes. Women be like a better job, peace. And I'm like, I'm the godmother. Like I'm the fairy god. I'm going to guarantee you a dream, and you're dreaming about a job. So what is what is the difference between your lifestyle now and what it used to be? How many hours you work now versus what you used to be? Because it because it's the total life that we're going after, not just this job thing. Right, right. So you know, it was a decision. I had to choose me, and I had to choose to be more free. And it's not that I wasn't happy in my previous work and it wasn't that I wasn't fulfilled, but I wasn't fully free. Um, You know, if you're, if you're like, um, uh, I was like a lot of women, like, you know, your wife, a mother, a friend, you know, all of the, all of the things you were doing, all of the things for all of these people. And it's 24 seven. Right. And you find very little time for yourself in in some instances. And so what I was looking for was to be um, less involved with the things that were not about uplifting me and to Mm -hmm. get more involved with centering on what God would have me to do, who God would have me to be and being fully that. Mm -hmm. And so that means I had to give up. I, I couldn't no longer, I could no longer stay 24 seven available to everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so I made a shift from the role I was in. And again, I, you know, decided to go out on my own and, you know, God is faithful. And so, you know, I haven't missed any money. Uh, Matter of fact, I've doubled the amount of money that I was making previously in this amount of time instead of 
this amount of time. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Last question. And and if y'all have any questions, y'all can post them uh, in the comment box. We would love to answer your questions. We got about three more minutes, but let us know what your questions are. All right, Kathy. If if a, if a woman was thinking, I'm so far in hell. <laughs> if my mama watching, forgive me. Like, I'm too far gone to be saved. Right. Like like the woman who said happiness is a moment. Hmm. What advice do you have? Because I always say you're not as far away from what you want as you think you are. We have everything, Kathy. It's just not spelling the right thing. Right. Like right. I'm like, you already got all the ABC blocks. You're just not spelling what you want because you're allowing life to give you what you want or you're allowing other people to design your life for you. So what advice do you have for the woman who's like at her wits end, um, you know, and thinking that her life can't be different? What, what would you have, you know, like what's one or two action steps that you would have her, you know, take to, uh, to, to change where she is right now? Well, I would, I would tell them to not embrace the lie. Don't embrace the myth that's been told to us for centuries and centuries about who we should be and how our life should look, right? You can design a new path. You can lean in and really focus on what you truly want. You can, you got to get clear. It's a mindset shift. Though. Mm -hmm. It's a mindset shift because you got to release yourself from the bondage of believing that you know, it, this can only happen for certain people and that could never happen for me. And you got to release yourself of all of those things. And it's a lot of hard work because the the story that has been told has been mm -hmm. it's been long, <clears throat> had been his, historically told as part of the narrative of, of being who we are, especially as women. So you, you have to be willing to give up the fairy tale, mm -hmm. to give up the, the mythology, to give up all of those stories and to create something totally new. And that means you have to um, get clear about what you want. Mm -hmm. And that takes work and support. It takes, it means that you will have to um, do more meditation. It means that you will have to do more reflective um, writing and journaling so that you can get clear about who, mm -hmm. how you want to show up going forward, but it is very, very possible. So one comment uh, that somebody just made, Douglas, thank you so much for your comment. He says, are we aware of the cognitive bias study released earlier this year? Right. And so I had a, uh, <laughs> I had somebody get in my inbox and told me that none of my stuff that I say is based on data and facts. Mm. Uh, it ain't true. And I let him have it. Get your petty self out my inbox. You know, I create my own reality. And then I had to delete it. I didn't say, I never said that I was perfect. Now he didn't get it because he was going to get it. Right. And this is the thing. We can believe what data says about us or we can believe what God says about us. Because how I feel about myself conflicts what you told me I should be. How I feel about myself and the results that I'm going to have in my life is going to conflict with what McKenzie in the Women in the Workplace study said. We create our own reality. And no, I'm not going to read a study to justify the limited vision that I have of myself. I'm going to read the Bible and then create a greater vision for myself. So I went there 
<laughs> I do appreciate your question, though, Douglas. But no, I didn't read the cognitive basis study because I, I believe we know how our soul and our inner being wants to feel. And 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 the last question, Kathy, I promise you we're going in. Because I have a lot of women who base their limited perspective and their vision off of what data told them. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Like, it, because data would have told you as an educator, you couldn't be financially where you are right now. Yeah, I'm her. I was the one that would that really believed in those, and I and I understand, you know, research and all of that. But where I think we where research can't define and it can't go is in the minds and the hearts of what what we really want as people. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, historically, the narrative has played out, right? You know, especially for Black women, we're the most educated. You know, we got the most degrees. We, we, we're, we're doing all of these big things and we're still not paid what we should be mm-hmm. paid. I mean, and so that has that has continued to play out. And I'm and what Christy is saying and what I'm saying is that you can challenge that. Mm-hmm. That we no longer have to like play that play that song. We no longer have to let that be how we how we what we allow to happen to us. Mm-hmm. I think you know we feel like we gotta we gotta play a game the certain way because otherwise we won't be accepted. And all of that is is um not going to get us any further than where we are now. Not mm-hmm. to say that we haven't made huge strides and we're not doing well. That's not what I mean. But are you if you're really, really leaning in and doing what God would want you to do, what your heart is telling you to do, those those little taps on the shoulder, those little pulls at your heart. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not your imagination. It absolutely, I believe, is God connecting with us and telling us that we should be doing more. We could be doing greater and that we need to trust mm that we have the answers, that we can find the answers for ourselves and make a completely better, greater life and outcomes for ourselves and our families and our communities. Woo. Well, thank you so much, Kathy. We took y'all to church (laughs) (laughs) on a Friday afternoon. So again, Chrissy Rutherford, Kathy, thank you so much for sharing your insight and your wisdom. You can get my free case study at changenowwithchrissy.com. Y'all can also join us tomorrow for the Superpower Method virtual experience. It's going to be amazing. So you can go to the superpowermethod.com or whenever you go to changenowwithchrissy.com, we can send you the information. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, so we're going to do this every Friday. They finally pin me down long enough to be consistent um, in the Bahamas. So take care, everyone. Have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review if you love this episode. Follow Christy on Instagram and LinkedIn. And don't forget to get her free gift by texting change now, all one word. Again, change now to 66866. Until next time, go out and win bigger.